0: Terms and conditions apply. Are you ready for this? Sean Merriman, a one-hand back, Boom, boom, boom. Out go the lights.
1: This is Lights Out with Sean Merriman. What's up, guys? We're back again with another Lights Out podcast with me, Sean Merriman. And we got a special one for you guys. Uh, Joey Logano, NASCAR, man. He's been on fire. And the first thing that I think about when, you know, someone's on fire and they got a bunch of stuff going on because me being a former athlete in the NFL, it's like having a three or four sack game, you know, I, I'm trying to get as many interviews as I can. I'm busy. I can't get to it. But, uh, you know, Joey was cool enough to come on and uh, just talk about his next upcoming races, man. He locked everything down with that big win in Kansas. Uh, we we start talking about a lot of things, man. Um, Covid, what he's done with his uh, foundation and and the money he's raised and donated. Also, uh, you know his mindset going into the next three races. You know, obviously he's locked in already, and uh, now they get a chance to uh, try some new things on the track and just breaking it down. Also, man, does he have a, a MMA fighting career? You know, Joey Logano is one of the ones who uh, when I've been at the track. And I've been sitting up in the suites, and I'm on the way down, and I started to see commotion down on the track. And sure enough, it's Joey (laughs) scrapping a little bit, so we get a chance to talk about that. But a great dude, uh, Joey Logano. Joey, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing great. Yourself? I'm I'm good, man. So, you know, I was just telling Vito, my guy here, before we got on, I said, I don't know if we're going to be able to get Joey on. He's too hot right now, man. I don't know if you want to talk to the smaller people in life, you know? Nah, I don't know about all that. I just... Keep doing my job. That's all all I can
3: ask for. And, uh, you know, it's nice to get that win last week and help set us up for that championship. That's that's what we're going for.
1: Yeah, and that's what I want to talk about because, uh, you know, I was just saying that before all this COVID stuff happened, I, I would get a chance to come to, you know, about six or seven tracks at least a year, right? And I'll go, I always go to the big, you know, Daytona and, and the big stuff, whatever, and head down to Alabama. And I'll try to catch a couple of them, but I haven't been able to go this year. And normally I'm like, okay, cool, I'm in the pits. I see what's going on, but you don't get the like watching on TV and actually being there, man. It's, it's two total different things, in my opinion. Like when you're there and you see it, it's a whole different feeling. 100 percent.
3: There's nothing like, you know, 40 cars going 200 miles an hour blown by. You You know, this it's just a crazy feeling. And, you know, when you're inside the car and I've done this for, you know, 13 years now or so. That you, you kind of get used to what that is, but every now and again, I still get to get out and watch maybe an Xfinity race or something like that, and I watch them all go blown by the first time. Like,
1: golly, they're going fast, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's just what but, it is. But, but you know, it's crazy for it's crazy for you to say because that's what got me into like NASCAR a long time ago. So back when I was p- playing with the Chargers, they had me out to be a Grand Marshal of the Fontana races. And you know, I grew up in Maryland, Washington D.C. area, so you don't get a chance to see like what's actually at the track until you get into the pits. Um, I was waving that damn green flag over and damn, they dropped it because my hands were so sweaty and I was nervous. <laughs> and you get that, you know, those 10 or 15 seconds to watch the pit crew and stuff. And then you smell the rubber. It's it's for me coming from football. You become like a, a adrenaline junkie to, to what's going on.
3: Uh, of course, right. I mean, I think I think it's like that. Just as athletes, and you love competition, right? Like it's the same for me. Like, yeah, I don't go to many football games, and and you're always so focused on the sport that you're you're working in at the moment. But you still love and appreciate the the competition aspect and the preparation and everything that goes into it. Um, because a, a anything at the professional level takes so much more than talent. You know, talent only takes you to that level, maybe but it's the hard work that really makes it you know, the difference throughout it. And so I've learned to just absolutely love other sports because I I like to see how other people prepare, you know, what, what that looks like uh, mentally, physically, all that stuff is, is really intriguing for me.
1: Uh, no doubt about it. And it's, it's kind of crazy because I try to find a correlation be- between what I did on the field and playing football in the NFL. And then now, you know, being around NASCAR really for like the last, you know, 12 or 13 years and as much of a team as any, as any, and your, your team prepped you prepped this track. You know what I mean? This last one, I was, you know, kind of reading a little bit. And I was trying to explain to like people who don't know how big the team is and how they got you prepared uh, for this last race.
3: Yeah. I mean, the team is, is huge. You know, there's uh, close to 400 employees working at team Penske building race cars, um, which to me is crazy. You know, you're, you're building cars from, absolutely nothing from a steel rack all the way to what you see on the racetrack. So obviously it takes a big team to do that and you have to start preparing uh, a long ways out and developing those cars and trying to get that many people to work all on the same page. And you have so many, you know, one thing that's cool about racing is that you have all these different departments, there's engineering, there's manufacturing, there's athletic, there's transportation, you know, there's marketing, there's so many different things that play into What makes a race team a race team, and uh, so when you see all that come together on the racetrack to see that final product uh, is big, right? And then when you're able to put it all together, like we did last weekend in Kansas, where you know our car was a little bit off the start, we make some adjustments, we get better, we have the right strategy, it gets us track position. We come down pit road late in the race, and the boys knock out an amazing pit stop, which puts us in the lead, and then you hold them off to the end. Uh, You know that that is the total team effort all the way through to make it happen.
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: It's crazy. And talk about strategy and, you know, maybe the weather, whatever it was, it, you know, kind of played a part of it. Um, you know, we and I try to really explain to guys what the the air, how how the air quality is, what's in front of you and how that changes, um, you know, basically how the race is going to go and how that affects you guys. And that was that was also like a big part at the end too. Um, that played a big part in his last race.
3: Oh, for sure. You know, when when the track temperature is cool, like it was in Kansas, you know, it was forty degrees. This shit was freezing. Um, you know, the the cars make a lot more power, but there's also a lot more grip uh, in the tire and in the racetrack. And so when you're when you have that, sometimes you can only you can put two tires on the car instead of putting four tires on during the pit stop. Well, that's half the time. You know, if you think about that, how much track position is that? you know, to get you closer to the front of the field. And, you know, are you paying that much of a penalty uh, for only having two tires on the car? You know, those are some of the decisions you got to make. And then also just getting to the front. You're, we've got what we call clean air, you know, clean where, air, where baby. you have air that's, that's on the front of your car. It makes a ton of downforce. Imagine when you're driving down the highway and you get behind a tractor trailer, you know, you're only going 65 or 70 or that's what you should be doing at least. And, you know, you can feel the car buffer a little bit. Well, imagine if you were on the edge of crashing and that wind moved your car a little bit. That's what we deal with out there. So being closer to the front is cleaner air, which also makes your car drive better.
1: A hundred percent. And um, you, so I was talking about the, the amount of times and tracks I will go to a year. Um, but in the start of COVID, right, when everything first happened and you guys, because one, one of my best things about going to the track is for when I show up, you know, I'm at the driver meetings um you know i get a chance to go to some of the team owner meetings and sit up and we you know kind of talk shop and stuff like that but it's being for me it's being there at the track to watch the cars being pushed through inspection i mean i'm, I'm you know i'm kind of i'm rolling my sleeve i didn't listen i didn't have to roll my sleeves up and, and help push cars like down 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 the aisle and people looking at me like holy shit is that is that sean Murray? You know, they like pushing cars and say yeah dude you I'm have all these damn muscles for no reason somebody gonna let me just kind of Staying over there. So, <laughs> how how was that early on, man? When you guys wasn't able to have fans and have the normal situation uh, there to the track.
3: It's been very challenging. Um, all of it's been challenging right? for for everybody. COVID is, has presented a new challenge for for everybody. No matter what industry you work in, it's definitely changed the game at one point or another. So, um, you know, NASCAR has tried to find new ways to get back at the race as soon as possible which, uh, you know, we were as aggressive as any other sport, more aggressive than any other sport. We were the first ones back. Uh, That's a lot of risk to to do that, Greg, because it goes wrong. The the black guy's on us. But, you know, being the first back also presented a great opportunity of being the only sport on TV and having no competition. Because as of now, uh, or at least the last few weeks, Almost every sport was going at the same time. That's a lot of competition to get eyeballs to watch, watch what you're doing on the racetrack. So we took advantage of that opportunity to try to grow our sport. Um, and I say it was worth it. We did it. Now, at the same time, it was hard not having fans at the racetrack and, and, and not having practice and not having qualifying and having people around and even visiting your team. You know, I, I don't see my team as much as, as I'd like to. And right. do the, the, the team building outings and all the things that you, we're used to doing, um, you know, we, we used to do all that stuff, just like a football team would, right? The way you guys all can, can band together. Uh, the, those opportunities aren't there anymore at the moment and you know so that's tough and then also just the the fans you you, you feed off their energy um, at the racetrack you know when driver intros rolls around and fans are cheering or booing you know even if they're booing right? you know as they go to away game and they boo you you'd feed off that more than they do and they cheer you sometimes right because it's just like I'm going to show you right like that was That's how it was. And our first race back, we had no fans and it was so quiet that you can hear the rocks coming off the tires uh, when they're rolling the cars out. And I'm like, this is just really weird. And so uh, I'm glad now that we're getting some fans back at some capacity, depending on the track that we go to, where um, even even if it's 30 percent capacity, you'd be amazed at how much noise
1: they can make. 100%. And while we're talking about uh, COVID, man, you have done a ton of things uh, with your foundation with COVID, donating and raising a bunch of money. Just talk a little bit about that, man, because I was, I know I was reading on it, but I didn't, I didn't know the amount (laughs) you guys have raised and what you've been doing. I was like, oh, yeah, Joy Lagano's been doing some stuff, raising some money with COVID. And I'm like, hold on, one point what? So, yeah, talk, talk a little bit about, about that, what you guys have been doing.
3: Yeah. So we started, you know, during this and, and, when this started, you know, I was, I was listening, I go to Elevation Church here in Charlotte, and our pastor said something that really kind of hit home for me. He said that we're all in the same sea, but we're in different boats, meaning that we're all going through COVID, but we all can weather the storm in different ways, um, and some better than others. And you know, it's important for us to lend a helping hand where we can. And obviously, we're outside of the race car, we're not working, we're not doing it. Oh, we got to help out. Let's do something. So we put together a million-dollar uh, COVID-19 response and recovery fund, and I couldn't believe how much need there was. There's a there's a real hunger crisis in our country. You know, we, we don't really think about that a lot of times. You know, we, we live in our own little bubble and do our thing and and don't think about it. But when you take a step a second to step back and see what the challenges that people were fighting with, um, with their kids just not going to school, uh, being laid off of work. Um, or even when homeschooling starts and you don't have internet, oh, how are you, how's your kids going to go to school these days? Right. There was so many things, PPE, you know, stuff for in, in first responders and people risking their life, uh, not knowing what COVID-19 was about at all, right. At the moment. So, I mean, it's just so many, um, you know, ways that we were able to help That boy, we blew through that money really quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was also really cool to see, um, you know, this year with all the challenges that were there, we've raised more money with the Joey Logano Foundation than ever before and also donated way more money than, than, than what we have. So, this has been a, a very successful year um, and great to see people's hearts uh, really show up in these type of moments. You know, when, when it's the hardest to give, right? It's, it's kind of easy to give when you're, things are going better than you expect, but when they're going worse than you expect, it takes real faith to do that.
4: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
1: And, and you guys do much more than that, obviously, because of COVID right now is is a priority, right? I mean, that's where people are uh, struggling with the most. But you guys have done a ton of work with, with your foundation. Um, and what, what's next? You know, COVID obviously is going to be here for a little bit. I mean, anything in the works? Uh, plans?
3: Yeah, yeah, we got other stuff going on. And, and typically, our mission is to give second chances to children and young adults in times of crisis. So a lot of kids that um, need need role models in their life, right, need, need a little helping hand. Um, they need a second chance. They've made some mistakes uh, in the past. And hey, I, I know from at least my career, I made a lot of mistakes early in my career, and I got a second chance and I know what I did different. And I couldn't imagine what that's like for, for anybody else, right? So we want to try to give these kids a second chance, kids that are aging out of the foster care system that are going to be, you know, adults and they're going to have to live with the, the real world type of scenarios. And that's hard. You know, it was hard for, for me and I had a great family, right? And just imagine what that's like for some of these kids. So um, trying to set them up, for, you know, the simple things that maybe we take for granted um, are the biggest things. So, you know, throughout the, the playoffs, we actually did a, uh, campaign called Believe 22. And, uh, you know, setting off a, a way to to kind of show these kids that we believe in them, because sometimes that's all it takes. And uh, we've been giving $22,000 a weekend over the last 10 weeks uh, to organizations that help support these kids. So we, we wanted to make sure we didn't forget about these organizations, because as much stuff that's going on with COVID-19, the organizations that need, they needed the money before COVID-19 to do this stuff, right. Imagine how much harder it is to
1: get now. So we wanted to make sure we stuck true to our mission as well. That's awesome, man. And and, and people don't know uh, the schedule. I mean, you know, obviously if you're in a NASCAR circuit, you're a fan, you know, the schedule, but people don't understand the, the schedule and, and, and the roads travel. And I mean, I've been there as late on the tracks past midnight and helping guys break stuff down before they, you know, get in the truck and haul something else. So how you even find time to, to, to do that, man, is just incredible. Um, just, just real quick before, because I know you got to go in a couple minutes. Uh, you got a couple races left. You got a Texas Speedway this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then Martinsville, and I, I think uh, Phoenix. Yep. So I, I've never, I've never been to. Mar- I don't think I've been to Martinsville. I've been to Texas Speedway in Phoenix. What, what's the, what's the mindset, man, going into this weekend? Because you're, you're damn close, and, and you know, you've been just on fire lately. Yeah. Well, the nice part is with that win from Kansas,
3: it's got us locked into the championship round at Phoenix. Yep. So. Whatever happens in the next two weeks, to be honest with you, doesn't really matter. Um, we go there to win, um, obviously. We want to keep momentum. You know momentum's real in sports. We want to keep that momentum up that we have, um, especially going into the championship round when we get to Phoenix. But we also present an opportunity to try a lot of new things that we would be a little timid of trying at our race car or be more aggressive with our, our, our race strategy uh, and kind of go for broke or all or nothing. And, 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 you know, we can't finish worse than fourth in points. We know that. And we have a chance better chance really than anybody at this moment to win the championship. So, um, right now it's about keeping momentum, try a few new things while we can and uh, get ready for, you know, what can be next year when we go to Texas.
1: Awesome. My man. And so the last thing I'll leave you with, cause you're one of my favorite guys, not just because what you do on the track, but off of it, you know how many times I've been there to the track, and I've seen you scrapped or almost scrapped, and that was one of my favorite things. <laughs> I look, look I, I look at guys in other sports, right? And I'm like, damn, he might be a good fighter. You know, even when I was playing on in football, I'm like, man, that dude will be a hell of an MMA fighter. And when I see you, you always smiling. But I've been up in the suites, and I've you know on my way down to the pit, and they're like, yo, Joey's down, he's about to scrap. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I'm gonna miss this. It the size of my arms is what it was, huh? That's how you know.
3: <laughs> hey, there's intensity. That intensity is key. You got to have that in sports. And uh, it's also important to shut that part off. Maybe at some point when I get out of the car, it might be a good idea, but... Uh... Hey, when you when there's a little passion there, it's important to have that.
1: <laughs> that's what that's what I'm gonna call it, man. Passion. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh yo, good luck the rest of the season and going into the next seven playoffs, man. And you guys uh you've been killing it. Um, you know, I appreciate everything you've done for the people in COVID and uh busy schedule and I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Have a good one. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, Another great episode on the Lights Out podcast with me, Sean Merriman. Uh, Joey, man, Joey Logano, he's on on fire right now. And, um, you know, one thing about him is I've always seen him smile and always had uh, something great and positive to say. Done a bunch in his community, raising money for COVID. Um, And he has a great mindset. He's feeling good going into these last few races. Uh, This weekend at the Texas Speedway, wish him a lot of luck. Um, even though he didn't need it, he's locked in <laughs> But I uh, look forward to uh, Some great things out of him And it was an awesome interview And thank you guys again for listening to another episode With me, Sean Merriman on the Lights Out Podcast Make sure you subscribe uh, Give us great reviews you already already been giving us great reviews So I appreciate that But keep uh, leaving great reviews And uh, keep tuning in We're going to keep uh, going up And keep doing great things Appreciate it
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
4: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. Pick up, pick up. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.